Coming up on this episode of Don't Panic, we begin by discussing meal in the mail delivery services, what's great about having a milkman, and great gifts for your dad. Then we get into the week's tech news, including what is going on with Patreon's new fee changes and Apple's purchase of Shazam. All that and more on this all new Don't Panic. This is Don't Panic, episode number 186, recorded December 11th, 2017, The Case of the Missing Miller. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast on Gadget and you. I'm Sean Jennings, joined, as always, by our very own Chris Kringle. It is Colby Rabidou. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Colby. Hi. Uh, how's it going? Great! I am I am thrilled to be here. We should probably get the 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 sort of the the elephant in the room, as they say. The air is palpable with tension. Uh, it's just the two of us this week. No, 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 yep. Dan. Yeah, Dan. Dan must have caught my cold while he was uh, while we were playing D anD D this weekend. Well, you you can send viruses through a computer, so yeah. I mean, I I hear that's one of the features of the new Skype is that uh, it is. Uh, <laughs> super hd in that it transmits viruses over the, they, over there they lure you in with that catchy theme song and then bam they hit you with the virus right right it's tricky it's tricky it is um but in any case we're without dan miller he started his new job today did you know that i did which is very exciting we're all very proud of him i would say indeed indeed i don't think he's gotten fired yet so that's a pretty good start he said he also has a 27 inch iMac um he's joined joined the desktop club oh, that's it's pretty crazy. sweet it's madness um i don't even know i don't even know what that would be like it's you know i i get a lot of shit for it because i work at a place where nobody has really max in general never mind so it's always and i have two computers and so people really think like i'm something you know mr cool guy with the two oh look look at this guy over here oh, what you doing with your two computers <laughs> like my job Wow, look at that thing. I said, yeah, it's a computer. Have you seen one before? <laughs> Apparently not. So, wow. Such a novelty. Quite a hoot for them. Indeed. And why wouldn't it be? Indeed. What's what, what's new with you, Sean? Oh, my goodness, Colby. You know, you are, uh, you're, you're a Blue Apron customer, yes? Mm-hmm. You get, and you, you get one every week? Yep. Yeah. I get two meals every week. Do you ever have delivery issues with Blue Apron? Sometimes. I've had uh, intermittent delivery issues. Most of my so so there were two periods in which I had delivery issues with Blue Apron, and both periods were both times were when they were like switching carriers. Mm. Um, so there was there was a time when we used to, they used to get get delivered by this like uh, last mile delivery service that you've never heard of. Um, and then they switched to FedEx at some point. This was at my old apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, and for like two weeks with FedEx, they, the boxes just like didn't come on the day they were supposed to come. And they got like they came a day late. And one time it got like sent to like the FedEx store. And I like wasn't able to pick it up because I was on vacation because it came a day late. And like I picked it up at the FedEx store and they were like, you know what this is, right? And I was <laughs> like, yeah, you didn't bring it on time. It doesn't seem like a me problem. Um, but I yeah. So so long story short, I have. And in both cases, they were pretty accommodating in that they refunded my money for for the food. But I didn't have food that week, which is kind of lame. Yeah. Uh, 
have you had uh, issues? Well, that, that's why I bring it up. So I get HelloFresh, which, by the way, a bit of an aside, to not to stray from my very uninteresting story, but um, I learned HelloFresh actually started in Europe, which I did not know. And over there, they actually have their own little vans that drive around oh. the country, the, the German and Dutch countryside and deliver because my European colleague over there had, has had them for years and years and years, like longer than they've been in the U.S. He's like, oh, yeah, HelloFresh, we love it over here. We get it all. The little HelloFresh truck shows up. And anyway. Who knew? That was interesting. I don't get it every week. I get it like once a month, maybe once every other month, just for to have something different. And I ordered a box this week, and mine get delivered on Mondays. And so I was watching the tracking. Usually like 3, 4 p.m. it gets dropped off, which is good because then I get home from work and it hasn't been outside long. And three o'clock rolls around, and four o'clock rolls around, and five o'clock rolls around, and six o'clock rolls around, seven o'clock rolls around, and they still have not delivered my meals this week, uh, with no shipping information whatsoever as to where it went. So mm-hmm. I did not have any. I have stovetop stuffing for dinner, uh, which was oh, the, no. the only food I keep my house very food light. So yeah, I did not have a lot of options. It was very, and that's the first time it's ever happened to me. So I'm very, I'm very crushed about it because it's it's UPS. So. You know, I don't know if they forgot it in the back of the van or maybe the driver's enjoying my dinner. I don't know, but right. the downside right. of food delivery when it doesn't get yeah, delivered. Yeah, that's a shame. The, uh, the other one that happened to me, it just like hadn't, <coughs> excuse me, it hadn't arrived at like eight o'clock at night. And then uh, all of a sudden this, this, the tracking information changed to like, there was a problem like like package not received from sender or something like that. Ooh. Some weird like cryptic shipping problem uh, that appeared all of a sudden. Uh, and that one I just never received. It didn't, didn't come late, but I, I was refunded for that at all. Oh, well, they actually just updated the shipping. Here we go. Real time update. Uh, it's now gone from zero days left delivered today to one day left delivered tomorrow. <laughs> Magic. Wow, that's really helpful. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, <coughs> How long how long do the HelloFresh things last? How Um I I mean, I cook them all in the I get 3 meals and I cook them in the week, so it's, you know, I'm going to call and complain <laughs> tomorrow and I better get that box for free. That's all I'll say about it. So, I'm I sure feel, the food will like be fine. You'll at least get a discount. But that's, you know, I don't really ask a lot. It's I get packages delivered all the time and they almost never get delayed. I don't know why the one that has food in it. <laughs> the, the most important one to not the, be delayed. The other thing that always happens, and again, I don't know if this is how they pack it or whatnot, but um, my stuff in there, if it sits too long in a place that's not particularly cold, like the food is cold, but the packaging gets soggy mm. and there's condensation in the box and just... Bad shit starts happening when they when they sit around and God knows where my box is going to be tonight. Right. Frankly, I'd feel better it being frozen outside than I would in whatever random warehouse it's hanging out in. But mm. womp womp. First world uh, problems. And so you were saying how HelloFresh has been in Europe for for ages. Yeah. Uh, my parents for my entire life, uh, we've all they always had a milkman who delivered milk once a week but also other stuff like the milkman brings like eggs and butter and they had all kinds of frozen great bagels bagels yep the famous rhode island milkman bagels um like chicken pot pies and shit uh yeah so that was like always a always a thing i just assumed that 
I, I guess I just never thought anything of it. It's like calling water fountains bubblers. Like maybe it's weird, but uh, I just assumed everyone had a milkman. Like why not? And everyone had like a styrofoam box on their or an, a, not a styrofoam, but like an insulated box on their porch that the milkman could like leave your milk in. Apparently that's not the case. This is a Colby. This is see what, you, what you're seeing. You're maybe a little disappointed. You don't have a milkman. I see this as an opportunity. We need to start the <laughs> Uber for milkmen. <laughs> exactly you Get know milk exactly when you want it yes milk milk delivery on demand i can just imagine imagine the the commercials too where it's like you have a plate of steaming hot cookies but like there you you're like open the fridge and the, the milk jug is empty and then it's like person person crying or whatever like does this happen to you Pff, not anymore just someone sadly eating dry cereal <laughs> Yeah. It's too crunchy. <laughs> Although, could you could you could you imagine the, the imagine imagine just eating dry Captain Crunch and they're just like like bleeding, blood just blood, blood just, just, <laughs> just a, a trickle of blood. There's got to be a better way. <laughs> now oh, there is, I, but I do like kind of like the idea of the Uber model where it's just like random strangers in their free time bring milk to your house. <laughs> like, there's something very odd about that idea. Um. Uh, yep, that is kind of weird. We're gonna be so rich. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. I wonder, like, how hard it is to buy milk in bulk. Maybe you don't buy it in bulk, and that's the key. I mean, maybe it's just an Instacart thing, but it's easy because you just pick up milk. Yeah, I feel like milk is is a pretty easy. Com- I feel like all the thing milk. Maybe, that's probably why they're not in business. Like, if they delivered like rare precious metals maybe they'd still be you know like just 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 milk and butter and eggs are just too easy to get right right there's a reason ups doesn't deliver those (laughs) though maybe they should yeah i do wonder like if the milkman's milk prices are competitive with the grocery store or not it's a dairy the place that delivers is it at least it's called a dairy i I guess they have their own cows. I don't know. At one point, they probably had their own cows, whether or not they still do. Wow. Just just buying it at face value, Colby, not asking you the tough questions like, hey, <laughs> where did this milk come from? Right. And hey, do you get the milk? Right. It's a dairy and really it's a warehouse filled with people who are like unscrewing hood <laughs> bottles and pouring them into the- <laughs> We'll really get them this time. I can't imagine the margins are great on rebottling milk. <laughs> You're like, well, we make five cents on every one. We're going to be rich in no time. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, anyways. Well, anyways. Is that it? Are we are we out of are we out of banter? I know we're we're one third less co-hosts, so maybe we yeah. have one third less banter. banter. Yeah. Did did the next D and D episode go up today? No. Ugh, I feel so guilty. No, I just I ran out of I'm, there's just not enough. Colby, where's all the time go? I don't know, Sean. Where's all the time go? Do you need any help? No, well, no, because it's a, it's extremely boring. No, to do to do <laughs> one of those episodes, it's like four or five hours of work for a single oh, hour of, of episode, and it's like I just never have time it's... to sit and do it. So this week, it's I don't have a choice. I have a three day weekend because I had some ex, I had an extra vacation day to burn. So. I will. Is that something you can outsource? Like, are there people you can pay to edit your podcast? 
Oh, sure. I, oh, there are fibers ideally, for that. I, I was going to say, ideally, a small amount of money to edit your podcast. Oh, I, I would not do it for $5. I, that I can tell you, uh, yeah. because it's not the biggest thrill in the world. But like I said, the episode's done. I just haven't done the previously on it. Anyway, <laughs> anyway keep, keep your eyes tuned to GameNights.tv and just keep harassing me until I eventually do it. Um, right. No, I was going to say, I do have another banter item if we want to keep... Let's do it. Bantering. Um, I have a father. <laughs> I know. Stay with me. I, the story gets even crazier. Um, and like most dads, uh, he's impossible to, to buy gifts for. I feel like that's a common problem. And okay. I don't know what to get him for Christmas, Colby. And I didn't know if you had any thoughts mm. on on what we could on what I could buy for him, knowing basically nothing about him. <laughs> I'm not. I know. I'm giving you. Are a you really saying difficulty. you know nothing about him, or saying that I, that asking for my advice, mm, knowing nothing? I'll let you read into that what you will. <laughs> I see. I see. Um, so I feel like things that perhaps the stereotypical father enjoys are like whiskey. Alcohol is a is a is a good thing to buy for so, for fathers. In my experience, in in the the subset of fathers that I'm familiar with, which is. Uh, quite a small percentage of the population. So, so, so maybe it would help. Let me let me run you down the totally not at all stereotypical things my dad likes. Football, uh-huh. his man cave, which is filled with beer memorabilia and Patriots memorabilia, mm. smoking uh, barbecue meats, okay, uh, and barbecue sauces. He likes those. Yep. And the Boston Bruins, and that's that's pretty much all he's into. I see. Uh, and what beer. about beer? Does he ever brew beer? Um, no, but I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put that in the things he would like category. I see. I see. What about uh? Do um? You could look at. Are there good like barbecue books? You could get That's him a, a book, idea. a book about barbecuing, to to uh, further further the 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 hobby knowledge. Um, you could get him some meat or a gift card to a butcher or something. I did that last year. Oh damn! See, I know it's a good idea. I know we both came up with it though. Well, the problem is he also has three other children who are all buying him the same crap. Mm, I see. I see. So, well, two other children. I'm the third. How many kids do you have? <laughs> well, the ones I know about, not counting a secret family. Um, no, I know it's a tough. Hey, look, if you have suggestions for what I can get my dad for Christmas, don't panic show at gmail.com. Please mm. let me know. I'm desperate. Uh, no, I will come up with something with something eventually, uh, but it's going to end up being something kind of. It's, I'm gonna give him a shirt, a Patriot shirt, and he'll and he'll love it. So, does he have any like, how many Super Bowls do they win now? Five, five, five. five. I feel like there's there's got to be some some clever five rings T-shirts out there or something. Oh sure, but I bet the Olympics are very litigious about that. <laughs> I can't imagine they're they're cool. Oh, um, yeah, no, I um, what was I gonna say? I almost picked up a, a vintage beer light on ebay like one of the like billiard lights that hang with the stained glass Mm -hmm. but i'm terrified of those things shipping that they're gonna get to my house smashed two million pieces and i'm gonna be you know they don't accept returns so it does seem almost guaranteed 
Um, though I've never ordered one before. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's not a great, not a great plan. So that does seem so cool, though. Maybe you could go. They're like antique shops in Western Mass. Maybe you could find one Boy, of those are they? in a place where you could go pick it up. And then if it breaks, it's no one's fault but your own. That's, well, like most things in life, yeah, so it will be my <laughs> fault. Um, yeah, no, that's, uh, I may have to get out and do that. I don't know if it's in season mm. to do that. I'll come up with something. Anyhow, anyhow, TBD. I'll let y'all know next week if I come up with a gift for him or not. Or he's just going to get an envelope full of cash and like it. So he, then he can Fair. buy whatever he wants. I can't wait to see what you choose. Maybe I'll get him one of those uh, solar sunflowers. That's for, cool. For his yard. Could be the first one in Massachusetts. And then you can have a ribbon cutting with your, your town officials. I don't think my dad would want that. He's, 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 not, he's not Mr. Ribbon Cutting Guy. Uh, the solar sunflower like moves around and shit. It's very weird. Uh, I want one. I want one for I want one for out front of my condo, so to make all my neighbors super jealous. So one thing one thing I didn't realize is that it is way bigger than it looks on the pictures in uh, on the Instagram pictures. It's like twelve feet tall or more. It's yeah. multiple people tall. It's, it's it's kind of impressive and weird. Could you imagine if you woke up and your house was like surrounded by them? <laughs> it would be so terrifying. <laughs> the flowers yeah. they're coming for me. They need humans for fuel. Uh, anyhow, let's move on to the tech news. I think I think banter banter complete. You can check that off your to do list. Uh, and we can roll into tech news. And we don't have a ton of stories. Where God damn, the Patriots are getting thrashed tonight by Miami. By my, it's twenty seven to ten. They're losing. They're getting thrashed. And I didn't think I even needed to watch. Boy, were you you know? But it's always the Dolphins in Miami. They always in the end of the season. They always get. They always get one up. Yeah, you're right. The Dolphins maybe that, are maybe that means it's a good season that they're losing to Miami at the end of the season. The the Miami Stadium, it's now Hard Rock Stadium, um, is like one of one or two stadiums where Tom Brady has a losing record while playing there. Really? In, in all time games. I think he's wow. like seven and eight. Isn't that funny? So bad luck. Um, but we've got some tech news in the rundown. Not a lot. It's a little quiet here before Christmas. I will remind everybody next week. Um, we won't have any tech news because we will be doing our year-end wrap-up show where we'll do our top stories of 2017, predictions for 2018, our pick of the year. So this is the last tech news we have for 2017, and we've got a couple good stories in here, Colby. Netflix, Instagram, YouTube, Apple. Where, 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 where to begin? Mm. Uh, so we don't have to start with this one, but I definitely want to talk about the Patreon thing. Cause I don't understand what happened. Um, and, uh, beyond that, I want to talk about Lyft in Boston and I want to talk about Apple. Okay. Well, let's, let's do them in the order they are in the sheet. Okay. I think that's fair. Uh, this week, Apple confirmed they had a, they have acquired Shazam. No, not the Shaquille O'Neal movie from the 90s. No, I'm talking about the app, the music identifying app. I don't I haven't used Shazam in years, so I don't know what it's been doing. Uh, but apparently it's worth about $400 million. That's what Apple paid for it. Uh, Apple mu- uh, an Apple spokesman said, quote, We are thrilled that Shazam and its talented team will be joining Apple. 
Apple Music and Shazam are a natural fit, sharing a passion for music discovery and delivering great music experiences to our users. God, I love spokespeople. Uh, let's see. The acquisition cost is far from the $1 billion Shazam was valued at during its last funding round, but it only pulled in $54 million in revenue in 2016. So worth wow. something, but not really making a lot of money in that respect. I saw somebody use Shazam recently, and I was I was, uh, was like a blast from the past. It's it's a cool idea, but right, it does seem to work, which is cool. Uh, but I feel like as a standalone thing, it is of dubious value, or at least dubious uh, money making potential. Like cool technology, maybe, but I don't know. How often does that happen to you where you're like sitting in Applebee's and you need to figure out what song is on the radio? Well, apparently, according to this article, uh, Apple Music receives one million clicks per day from Shazam of people who are recommending music. So people, I guess, use it. I mean, I'm, I'm more interested in the uh, Google integration, which on the Pixel now, um, it's built right into the Google Assistant, the music identification feature. So it's not like it's a separate app. So I kind of like the idea of just, hey, Siri, what song is this? And Oh, shit. I just activated everyone's phone, didn't I? <laughs> um, and so what uh, I kind of like that idea that, that it's built in. So I kind of see the value in that. Um, it's also interesting, and I didn't know this. Apparently, Shazam has augmented reality technology um, and oh. an AR platform for brands, <laughs> which I know everyone was really super psyched about using. Right. Right. I mean, all the AR games are so games are so life changing. I can't wait to get my ads in AR. Yeah. I mean, that's what the world needs is more real world ads. (laughs) It's true. Apparently it's Shazam's AR code scanning technology. Oh boy. QR codes in augmented reality. Yeah. That is kind of a cool idea. Asking, asking Siri what song's playing. Yeah, to to me, it should be a built-in feature. I don't know why you need a separate app. You don't use it enough. Right. And I agree that. I don't know what Shazam could do. I'm not surprised you only make $54 million. I don't know where that comes from. Ads in the app, I guess. But I yeah, don't... or like, like referral links and stuff, probably. Yeah. I, I don't right. know how you make money with Shazam on its own. Like, I don't, I don't get the business model. Yeah. Well, I feel like the obvious way is just that like you you click through to the apple itunes store and they give you a kickback mm-hmm. on on whatever you buy uh but yeah i don't like beyond that i don't know yeah i think it's i think it's interesting that apple is finally spending some of their hard-earned cash sitting overseas um mm. 400 million dollars of it which is you know a few drops in the bucket so no, that's that's exciting for them. So look forward to that. I don't. I don't it, it, they haven't said that I've read anywhere that any news about shutting down the Shazam app or I mean, I know they just bought them. So I guess it's see. I don't kind of see it lasting in the long term, but at least in the short term, it's not going anywhere. So cool. Uh, speaking of. Google. Should we talk about the YouTube thing? Boy, should we? Uh, YouTube, uh, discussing launching a new music subscription service. Now I know what you're thinking, but Sean, don't they have Google play music subscription? 
and they did. They folded it into YouTube Red, and you're saying, wait, Sean, don't they already have YouTube Red? No, it's not good enough. So uh, apparently the rumor name is Remix. We'll see if they keep that. Um, it would allow, uh, it would combine YouTube Red and music without video. So right now YouTube Red, they claim it includes music, but it's really just the music videos on YouTube. And so what this does is it actually creates a music experience with, you know, you'll have the option for video, but it will be a music first experience in addition to YouTube Red, the commercial free and the originals as well. It'll be one package deal. Uh, YouTube is right now in discussions with the major music labels to get this settled uh, as well. There were some interesting um, uh, it says here, uh, Google introduced audio only streaming a uh, Google Play Music in 2011. Then there was YouTube Music Key. Remember that one? Giving subscribers ad-free music videos. That became YouTube Red in 2016, where they removed all advertising. Um, the new service would include Spotify-like on-demand streaming and would incorporate elements from YouTube, such as video clips. Mm, neat. Now, what I thought, there was an, an interesting, some interesting numbers in a partner article to this that said, you know, Spotify has about 150 million users. Uh, Apple Music has about, they don't really release numbers, they think about 40 million users. Uh, and that YouTube Red has, has about 1.5 million subscribers. So it's small, very small in comparison to those services. Um, hmm, weird. I guess it makes sense. So would that be, like, more expensive than subscribing to Google? They have, like, a music thing, right? Well, they... So they don't anymore. Oh, so no, this... No, no, hang on. No, no, that's not true. Hang on. I, I'm lying. They Right now they have two things. They have Google Play Music, which is just music, and they have YouTube Red, which has music videos and originals all ad-free. They're going to smash them together and make this new service. So Google Play Music won't exist anymore. Gotcha. And YouTube... I don't know if YouTube Red will still exist as a brand, but you will pay for all of it together. Okay. I, w I would ask you, does that make sense? I don't even know if that made sense. It's very confusing. Maybe. Um... So, what I was actually thinking of when I said the YouTube thing was the thing that happened last week with Google and Amazon and YouTube oh. and the Fire TVs and the, the Echo shows and stuff, uh, which was not actually in the rundown. But I feel like it was an interesting story. Do you remember what happened? I swear I I do, but there was a much better article about it than I can explain off the top of my head. So while I'm searching for that, um, I can I can I can summarize off the top of my head. I already found it. Website search is great. So uh, there's the back and forth going on between Google and Amazon right now with the various services. It started about three months ago. Uh, YouTube removed its app from the Amazon Echo Show, which is the the Echo with the screen. Um, and they said, we're not going to do that anymore. Right after that, Amazon stopped selling the Nest thermostat and the Nest camera and the Nest alarm system, which are made by Google. Then, and then Amazon, uh, on the Echo Show, set up so users can use the web version of YouTube on the Echo Show, which bypassed them pulling the app. Um, 
Then YouTube pulled its support from not only the Echo Show, the web version included, but also from Amazon's Fire TV, which is very big. Um, YouTube was uh, quoted as saying, we've been trying to reach an agreement with Amazon to give consumers access to each other's products and services, but Amazon doesn't carry Google products like Chromecast and Google Home, doesn't make Prime Video available for Google Cast users, and last month stopped selling some of Nest's latest products. Uh, given this lack of cooperation, we are no longer supporting YouTube on Echo Show and Fire TV. We hope we can reach an agreement to resolve these issues soon. Uh, YouTube is already pulled from Echo Show and will be pulled from Fire TV starting January 1st. Indeed. I think it's pretty crazy. Uh, though it doesn't surprise me. Um, do This seems like Amazon is in the wrong here, in my opinion, right? Like, what do you think? I feel like what Google's saying is is kind of justified. I and Amazon like, totally does stuff like that all the time. Well, that's what I was going to say. This is very reminiscent of the skirmishes they had with Apple for a long time, where they, right. they, was, they weren't on Apple TV. They wouldn't sell the Apple TV product on Amazon because um, they were mad about the uh, inability to sell things uh, digital uh, Kindle books through the App Store because they didn't want to pay the cut, so they were doing it through the <coughs> web. So Amazon is known for kind of poking, poking the bear on these uh, on these different companies. Indeed. Uh, coincidentally, the the Prime app for Apple TV came out I think the same day that this news broke. Uh, I don't know if that had anything to do with it. It just happened. Uh, but that was crazy. There's all kinds of stuff on there. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I I think I I'm interested to see if if Amazon like caves before uh, before the January first cliff. I think Amazon needs YouTube and Google more than the other way around because like a streaming device without YouTube. Well, that's big, and I don't. I also don't think Google is that concerned about the the hardware part of their business and the way Amazon is concerned about the prime part of their business and the 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 quality of their products. I just think Google can hold out longer with these things. I think in the same way Apple was able to and eventually get Amazon to come around and and settle that. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Cause, cause crazy. Yeah. So it's pretty stupid. It's pretty stupid. There, there, the moral of the story I think is there's never been a better time to own a Roku. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> I mean, honestly, and that's why I do recommend it to people. Cause I'm like, they're, they're at least for the moment neutral. Honestly, I'm surprised right. nobody's bought them yet. Um, I think, you know, like mm. a Google or somebody would, if they really wanted to get into, to streaming, they'd buy them. Samsung, maybe, I don't know. Um, right. Roku is a public company now. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I haven't seen how's their stock doing these days pretty good i uh bought some when when ah, just a little bit when this when this news broke it seemed like wow i knew i right should before have. christmas you won't be able to get get youtube on your amazon thing that you thought about buying we'll see damn i should have bought some roku stock i'm such an idiot um anyhow <laughs> uh i got my dad a roku for uh for christmas a couple years ago did he use it? He used it for because I and then I got him a Netflix gift card and a Pandora gift card to go with it to 
and mm. they and then he stopped he stopped using it doesn't use right. it anymore i don't i so i have a a, a theory about uh parents and uh tvs and stuff and Mm -hmm. my theory is that if they have to change the input on the tv they're not going to use the thing Mm, smart um so i could see them using the thing if it was the only thing they used but i think many people of that age are definitely like their default is the cable box it's certainly it's certainly the case for my parents. Their default is the cable box. And so like if they have to change the input, it just makes their life confusing, like and frustrating all the time because they have they like sometimes they turn on the cable box and like the TV isn't on and it's like why? Uh, which is I understand. It's rage inducing. I have the opposite problem where I don't have a cable box, so I just all only use the Apple TV pretty much. Uh so maybe that maybe it's not just true of parents. Maybe it's true of everyone. Changing inputs is a deal breaker. I this is a true story, and my mother has never seen this show and will never see it, so I'm not afraid <laughs> to tell it. But uh, I was at her house over the weekend, and uh, I bought her Roku a while back for her to use with Netflix and all these things, and she actually does use it occasionally, uh, but not that often. And so I'd flipped to, and I was watching something on it, and then I left for a while, and I came back, and she was going outside, and I'm like you know, Ma, why, why are you going outside? It's also, there's a bunch of snow. It's snowing out there. What are you doing? She goes, I need a, I need a, there's no signal on the satellite. I got to go look at the satellite. And I said, what do you mean? There's no, the, the snow must have knocked it out. Of, and I'm like, I don't know. It's not snowing that hard. It says there's no signal. Can you take a look? And I look at it. It says no signal on the TV. Uh, that's because it was still on the Roku input and she didn't switch it to the satellite input. It was the TV saying no signal. And I was like, oh, my, I'm, this is very bad. But no, this is, you just got changed the input. To, oh, okay. Thanks. I think, I, I blame TVs. I think They're this terrible. should be a solved problem by now. They're absolutely, well, now I think they have, what, MHL is the standard, I think. Whatever the standard is that allows you to control your TV over HDMI. Mm-hmm. So, like, your Roku remote can turn up the volume via HDMI, which is really cool. And some of that does automatic input <coughs> switching. So I believe yeah. if you turn on your TV with your Roku remote through this, it'll automatically flip to the... So we're getting there. My Harmony right. remote's great for that. Um, yeah. It's a, of course, setting it up is probably more complicated than... Yeah, I will say that that works pretty well with the Apple TV. Like, it turns on and turns off. Uh, the tricky bit is, though, if you're, like, watching regular TV and you bump the Apple TV remote, it, like automatically switches to the apple mm. tv which is not um, often not what you want no that's a weird feature um, it is certainly an easy remote to bump to so but understandably yeah. so all right uh let's see what else we got <clears throat> how are we doing on time we're flying here we, we can touch briefly on the self-driving cars in Boston. I don't know how much there is to say about this. Uh, normally, we, we don't really cover all the developments in the self-driving car world, but this one seemed particularly applicable because this is, I think, the first time we've seen these in one of the cities in which we live. Lyft is now offering self-driving car trips in Boston. Uh, the cars are developed by the startup Newtonomy, who Lyft partners with. Uh, they will be picking up passengers in the Seaport District, uh, they're not completely driverless. Human safety drivers will remain behind the wheel, ready to take control when needed. Uh, riders will be randomly paired with one of the self-driving cars when they use the Lyft app in the Seaport area. Um, 
Yeah. So it doesn't say exactly how many cars they will have out there, but. Mm-mm. So uh, when I saw this, I, I immediately remembered that. Uh, let me see. In October, right? Ten. That's that's October. Mm-hmm. That's the month. A mm-hmm. uh, friend of the show, friend of the show, Heather, sent me a picture of a street sign in the seaport that says "Autonomous Vehicle Testing Area" with a little car and 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 Wi-Fi coming out of it. Um, so we we had a scoop on this story. We oh just, man! Uh, totally dropped the ball. I didn't even think of it. What a mess! Yeah, yeah. So Colby, we're gonna get you in one of these little uh, Newtonomy uh, robot cars. So uh, this could just happen if I if I lift. Yeah, from from that area. Yeah, I uh, I might exclusively use Lyft from the seaport nowadays. I'm pretty excited. That would be you know, just awesome. <laughs> just find excuses to go there. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. If that happens, oh my god, I'm gonna record the whole thing. I want a Facebook Is- Live. I want to see the whole thing. I feel like I don't want to do this, but it makes me feel like I need to set something like that up. So when it happens, I'm prepared. You're good to go. Right. Is there a driver in it? Is there like a safety person? Yeah. Behind the wheel, ready to take control. Should it veer into the crowd or some crazy situation? I see. I see. Well, that's cool. Uh, I, I hope to encounter one. I'll try my best for the sake of the show. Yeah, I think it's neat. I don't. Uh, my question is how f- how fast is it? You know, Ooh, that's, that's do, do, do do they drive it at like a hundred percent of real carness, or do they do they kind of throttle it down and they're like it's really only like fifty percent of what a car would normally do for safety purposes? Right. I think, not that you move that fast in. Right. If it only goes in the seaport, like. The roads there, I have, in one, it makes sense to test it there. Unlike the rest of Boston, the roads there are wide and straight. Um, but they're also they are, fast. They Right. They are They are kind of fast. I, I hate driving in the seaport. I've done it two or three times, and I did not care for it because I, mm. they were con- the lights are kind of funky in some of the areas. And in that kind of like main stretch, it's not too bad, but... Going around the built, mm, I'm a little, ooh, mm-hmm. mm, I, oh, yes. Maybe that's exactly the sort of thing the robot car is good at that people aren't, though. It's like weird signs, but signs nonetheless. True, uh, but I, then I wonder like, okay, but it's going 10 miles per hour. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like a Segway's faster. Like, right, right. you know, are oh. you really cruise? But you'll, you'll have to find out. By the way, I don't, did I, I don't know. Did I talk about CAPTCHA on the show? At all, I, don't think I, so. I, I learned this interesting thing on Twitter the other day, which is, you know, the the because Google makes them the, the the captures where it's like you check the box, I am not a robot, mm-hmm. and then sometimes they show you the pictures and they're like, oh, you know, click all the ones that don't have cars in them, or you know, yeah, have you ever had to do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Okay, uh, apparently, again, maybe this is just someone made this up. It sounds real. Apparently, Google doesn't have to do the image thing anymore like they just know whether or not you're they've gotten so good they know whether or not you're robot the only reason they do that is to train self-driving cars you ever wonder why everyone is like which is a street sign 
or which is a car or which isn't. They're just using all of us to train their self-driving cars. Well, so so if I recall correctly, that was the original thing with Kafka's was that it was training when it used to be the gobbled up the 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 garbled looking letters. It yes. was like training models for um what do you call that? Like OCR, like optical character yeah. recognition. Well, and for a while it was the uh, street sign numbers for Google street view. Remember mm. where it would be like on the side of a house or something and you'd have to read the numbers. Yep. Oh man, yeah. I'm so mad. Now I'm so yeah, mad when that comes up. They're using us. I'm like, That's they're bullshit. using us in every, every other website that uses their free service. That's I God. am. I am. I am. Rage. It's, it, yeah. It's just, I am a human being. Damn it. Show me some respect. Class action lawsuit. It's kind of clever, though. It, it, damn them. Oh, they're so smart. Like, what are you going to do? Not sign into your account? And then I feel stupid, too, because then I'm like, not very, because then it's like, no, but one of these <laughs> still has a wrong. sign in it. And I'm like, no, I don't think. They're like, no, one of these is still a car. I'm like, I think I know what a car is, Google. Stop that. Let me tell you what is a car. Yeah, you don't, don't even know. You don't even, you, it's like you've never seen a car before in your life. Huh. <laughs> Very silly. Um, we've got time for another story here. We can do Patreon. We can do Netflix interactive programs. What do you think? Patreon. Hey, oh, boy. I don't, I don't quite understand what people were, were upset about. I'm going to try very hard to do this justice, but it is legitimately complicated. But here we go. Yeah. Patreon. We've talked about it on the show before. We're customers. Uh, it's where you support creators in small transactions. You might give them a dollar a month or $5 a month. Um to support what they're making. And the way it's worked historically is someone's got to pay credit card fees on these transactions, okay? And the way it works is the creators used to. The people you're giving the money, they wouldn't get your whole $5. They would get 450 of your dollars, let's say. I, I read the first paragraph of this yeah. article, and now I now I understand the problem. <laughs> Anyways, um, continue. Yes, so, so now what Patreon is saying, right, is they're saying they have two problems. One is they don't think it's really fair the creator should only get four fifty of your five dollars, which I guess is somewhat okay. The other problem Patreon is saying is that they're having a billing nightmare because they do a thing where one they charge everybody at the first of the month, which makes sense, but then also if you join on the fifteenth of the month, they bill you then, so they're paying another credit card fee. Some creators charge you per not once a month, but they charge you every time they post something or they create something. So that you could have credit card fees four, five, six times a month. And Patreon is basically saying these credit card fees are so insane, especially because they're bouncing back to the artists that sometimes they can be even higher than that. And Patreon's not making money on this. It's killing them too. So instead of you just paying $5 a month and then having a nightmare with these fees, they're moving to a new model. And the way it's going to work is that you as a cre uh, as a donator? I don't uh, as a patron, right? Um, the way it would work is you'll for every time they charge you, whether that's at the first of the month, the middle of the month, per whatever. Every time there is a minimum thirty five cent charge plus an additional service fee of two point nine percent. So if you used to give five dollars, you will now give five dollars plus thirty five cents plus about three percent of that. Okay. So is the is the flat fee on 
does that is that tacked on to the price you pay or is that taken out of like if I pay five dollars a month for something, will I now be paying five dollars and thirty five cents or will the the person I'm paying the five dollars to just be seeing five dollars no, so, minus thirty five cents? Plus. No, so your credit card will be charged five thirty five plus the three percent on top of that. I see. Um and the patron will get five of those dollars. Right. So right. and so instead of them getting four fifty of your five, you're being charged more, but they're getting more of your money. I see. So so I'm just gonna pay more. Yes. So Patreon is saying this is good for creators because it's giving them more money on every transaction. <clears throat> And it's making our structure more profitable and easier for us billing-wise because it just makes more sense with the way credit card charges work. Creators mm. are saying, yeah, okay, for people who are paying $5, yeah, okay, maybe they, they can absorb another 50 cents. But imagine, Colby, if you're donating a dollar to somebody, okay? I, I've seen Patreons where they don't ask people for 50 cents, right? Mm. Well, now you're paying a flat 35 cents charge on top of that. So if you donate 50 cents, you're doubling it. If you pay a dollar, you're almost going to be up to a buck 50. You know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a bigger gap at those smaller pledges. And that's what the pay, uh, creators are concerned about is they're going to lose small pledges, not necessarily big pledges, which make up a big part of their sort of revenue. Interesting. Yeah, I mean... On the one hand, it seems unfortunate, but on the other hand, I feel like it just reflects an unfortunate reality of the way that credit cards work, like the way that that stuff works. Um, uh, I I believe, I don't know why I'm thinking that I know this, but I feel like that's like the way most credit card charges are assessed right like you pay a flat fee on the charge and then like there's some percentage on top of that um yeah i do know all of the sort of extra money you'll now be paying it doesn't all go to credit card like some of that is a is a patreon service fee um but it's the same fee that the creators have been paying for the past however many years so it's not it's not necessarily more or less it's just being charged to you rather than them. I see. That's interesting. Do you, I don't back a lot of Patreons. I back a single Patreon is $5. Um, I don't think this change is going to change my habits. Um, I do wonder if there are things they could do for people who have smaller transactions to deal with it better like maybe you could have a more rigid you know maybe if you had like a more rigid billing cycle that's uh, to me when i read this so i and again someone like you colby who who donates to one person i don't think it's bad but if if you have 10 patreons you're paying a 35 cent for each one of those plus the fee for each one of those i mean these numbers are adding up very fast but i think you're right i think they're they're it worked when they launched, and I think their billing cycle is insane. The fact that they're charging people all these different times, it should just be once a month, like every other service on the planet. Now, there are downsides, right? And I know this was one of the early issues with Patreon would be people would join in the middle of the month and then would leave before it hit the first, and they wouldn't get charged. And that's why they introduced charge when you sign up in the middle of the month. 
things get crazy. Sadly, you're just gonna have to create a system where you like, I don't know, you pre-order the person's account. So when it gets the first of the month, you kind of sign up or, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, they'd have to do some work. I'm, I'm not going to solve their whole business model for them. But I agree. I don't think having so much variety in what they do is going to work. And I have seen online, because I follow a lot of sort of people who you, you know, who are creators on Patreon, and they're very upset because, you know, the bulk of their money comes from small donors. They they genuinely do. And yeah, I think yeah. um, I think that's that's really what's going to kill them. I don't think it's the five dollar donors or the ten dollar donors. It's the one dollar, um, and and they are going to lose. They are going to lose. Um, you know, it's better it's better for them to only get seventy five cents of that dollar than to get none of that dollar because that person left because now they're paying a buck fifty. And I, I think right. when you put it that way, I think it makes a little more sense. Um, but I haven't seen anyone who's been positive about it. So I'm curious if Patreon will actually follow through with it. Um, they said it starts December 18th. We'll see if they actually, they seem to be holding steady um, and and confident they're going to pull the trigger on it. So, mm. Indeed. Uh, yeah, okay. I understand now. I didn't understand before. I thought they were like, Adding the thirty-five cent fee or something, I didn't. I I didn't realize that was like going on top of like that was a fee to like customers versus the opposite. Yeah, I mean, Patreon's in a lose-lose situation. I mean, they're really they're really not going to win because either they're going to get eaten up by fees doing what they're doing now, or they're going to lose customers because you know they're putting the fees on them. So it's. <sighs> I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. I'm curious if they follow through on it because if they do, I'm, I, my prediction now is that they do a whoops are bad and don't follow through on it, but, but we'll see. And I also do think, by the way, it's a boom for, we talked on a couple weeks ago on the show about drip, um, which was Kickstarter's sort of version of it. It's still in limited sign-up, So I don't think just anyone could do it yet, but they'd be smart to, uh, to kind of maybe ramp up the launch of that now would probably be a good time. Uh, I think you'd get a, a healthy amount of defectors. Mm. Um, all right. Well, that's going to do it for news. I thought there was some good news in there. Don't know bad news. Yeah. Maybe the Patreon stuff. The rest of it was, was good news. <clears throat> um, but now we're going to move on to picks. Uh, and we've got some stuff for you to watch and listen to this week. The part of the show we each bring something we want to share with the world, Colby, and you've got some great Netflix content. What do you got? The Punisher. The Punisher. It's very good. I haven't finished yet. I have one episode left. A single episode, but uh, I feel like it's the very best of Netflix Marvel uh, stuff without, like, the crappy stuff. I So we may have discussed this on the show before, but... I, I tend to get like turned off when when the the shows like Daredevil descend into the like mystical like super magic bad guys like I like the beginning of Daredevil when it was like um you know sort of a real more grounded like, right right a uh, sort of grounded in reality bad guy I understand like the narrative challenges right when you have like a person who is a superhero. Uh, it's it's sort of boring to have them fighting like regular people all the time because they just always win because they're a superhero. 
Um, so you have to introduce uh, villains who can challenge their supremacy. Uh, but one of the cool things about the Punisher maybe is that he's mostly just a regular person. He has a special set of skills. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is it is grounded. I mean, I say grounded very lightly. It's a superhero show. Um, but I feel like he's he's an interesting character to think about. Uh, both both relatable, but also a crazy person, um, which is kind of like you. Exactly, exactly. Um, so I can relate to him on on from uh, different perspectives. I also can't as a person who uh, doesn't doesn't murder people. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I don't. I don't. Uh, you know, historically, I haven't gone on any uh, vengeful killing sprees, so. So there's yeah. that. If you need a TV show to watch, it is pretty adult content. Like it is violent, but uh, it's good. So let, let me ask you a question because I gave up on Netflix Marvel stuff because they all had the same problem. And I'm curious if, if in the, what is this the fifth or sixth Marvel series they've done? Uh, if they've solved this yet, which is they're all about 13 episodes, give or take each season. Right. And episodes one through like seven are really good. And then mm. episodes eight through like 11 are like super unnecessary and really slow. And then like the last two are really good. And I hate the pacing in those shows was the worst. Did did it get any better? Did they fix that? I think so. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things they did in this one in the Punisher uh, without giving too much away is they had some like shorter arc characters who like uh came in and like did some stuff that that they the punisher had to deal with or whatever and then like uh left and so that like added like episodes of like action and it also like contributed to the main plot but so so you had in the in the 13 arc 13 episode season you had this like this second sort of secondary story uh, that was developing um, in a way that I hadn't, I don't think any of the other ones really did. Good. Uh, They also did some, like they have some like creatively filmed uh, episodes, like a couple of the episodes are, are it's like unique uh, video storytelling in a way that like, the I don't at least in in my experience the other Marvel shows didn't really do they were like all a pretty stand like all the episodes were a pretty standard format mm-hmm. and um there wasn't much different going on so so that was a cool change of pace too uh, going through the episodes so I think I think it's really good like um I didn't finish Jessica Jones because it's too scary um but. I think this is my favorite one since since Daredevil season one. Mm. And possibly I like it better than Daredevil season one. I haven't watched Daredevil season one in a while. Oh, man. Daredevil season one is one of my favorite maybe series ever. Like, it's so phenomenal. So the fact that you uh, that you rate it that highly means I'll just have to go check it out. I didn't finish Jessica Jones and I didn't finish Daredevil season two because they both ran into that same problem where I by that like eighth ninth episode it's like oh come on just wrap it up just like a, you know it's like what now you're doing what you know so cool all right we can check it out the punisher now streaming on netflix um 
I am interested. You should watch it because I'm interested to oh, see boy. what you what you think of it. That, that never ends well when people say that to me. Sean, I want to know your opinion on this. Do you? <laughs> do you? Mm, you think you do? Uh, well, I, I've got the perfect companion program for you, Colby. It's basically like The Punisher, except not in any way. What I'm picking is a podcast. I know that there are plenty of them out there, including this one um, and the three we make. But um, but why not try a new one? This is a, a genre we don't cover, so you should listen to these guys. It's called Podcast the Ride, and it is a podcast all about theme parks. It's very funny. Um, it's it's three comedians um, who uh, Scott Gardner, Mike Carlson, Jason Sheridan. Uh, it's a relatively new show. They've only done nine episodes, so they haven't been around that long. But they are very funny, and I have a weird fascination with theme parks. I think they're super interesting. I don't know why. Um, I haven't even been to that many. I just <laughs> find them really cool. And so uh, it's a very funny, amusing show, but they also have really good insights on the rides. They've been to many of these parks many times. Um, and it's just a great listen to. Um, if you're looking to start a good starter episode, the episode five, The Great Movie Ride, is probably a very good one. Um, some of their early ones are a little hit or miss, but I would start with the great movie ride and work your way, work your way forward from there. Um, they're reasonably length. They're free. So, uh, so check it out. Podcast, the ride, um, available wherever you get your podcasts, but just something a little different. It's, it's more comedy than it is informational, but, uh, but you still learn a lot about theme parks. So I've been enjoying that. And that is my pick. Nice. Okay, there you go. That's it, Colby. We're done. Stick a fork in us. We are complete. Um, that's going to do it. Let me do the usual breakdown, which is don'tpanic.io is our website. You should go there and get all the information, including episodes, audio, video, and the pics. We're linked to there. So if you don't remember, uh, how do I get to Netflix? Uh, we'll have a link to The Punisher there, so you'll be in good shape. Uh, you can also get information on where to subscribe, which is anywhere you get podcasts. We are there and video on YouTube at youtube.com slash don't panic show. You can follow us at don't panic show on Twitter and email us don't panic show at gmail.com. Of course, uh, we're having a grand old time. As we mentioned, eventually we'll have a new episode of game nights, our dungeons and dragons show up at game nights.tv. Uh, the adventure is rolling and rolling hard. We just taped a new one yesterday and it is a banger and it won't be live for like three more weeks, but you'll love it when it eventually gets published. So it's going to be awesome. It's a fun one, but subscribe and you'll get it when it gets there at game nights.tv. And of course, uh, up for debate.tv, the show Matt and I do this week, we are talking our holiday gift guide. So if you're like me and you haven't bought all your Christmas gifts, I doubt we'll have good advice, but we'll try to have fun with it. So up for debate.tv, you can get there. As I mentioned during the show, we'll be back next week with our big year end wrap up episode. It's what our fourth or fifth we've done year end wrap up episode, if you can believe it yeah and uh we're gonna have to we're gonna have to work on our predictions for next year which is always my favorite part because we're so bad at it um and and considering how goddamn insane 2017 was i don't even want to start thinking about what 2018 is going to be like but (laughs) we will come up with some fun predictions and our biggest picks of the year so maybe who knows maybe we'll have good gift advice in that episode Indeed, some last-minute gift. So last, yeah, totally. We're, we're, we're good for that. So just don't buy anything now. Just wait until next week when we do that show. You'll be good to go. Um, Nothing will go wrong. No, it never does. Um, and Dan will be back next week as well. So we'll have the full crew doing a brand-new episode then. Uh, but we got to wrap up tonight. So on behalf of Colby and, of course, Dan, this is Sean. Thank all of you for joining us. We'll see you next time for more great fun times and tech discussion here on Don't Panic. <laughs>